Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 228 of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary H. Fueby. How's it going, Gary? Um, well, not too good. Um, I'm a little sick at the moment, so I probably won't be saying too much, but yeah, still had to make it here. Yes, uh, we hope that you feel better, Gary. Uh, you know, this is the time of the year where uh, a lot of people are getting sick, so definitely take it easy. Uh, we're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I'm doing good, Rich. Uh, I've been busy this past week, uh, a lot to get through, as well as also a lot of gaming news to touch on, so I'm ready to get into it. Absolutely. We're also joined by Ms. Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? Going very well. Excited to be here. Absolutely. And we are joined by Mr. Max Muller. How's it going, Max? Hey, Rich, it's going pretty good. Excellent to hear. Um, so as Mr. Lugo already said, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we do have to get into as far as news and topics. But before we do that, we're going to let you all know what we have been playing. So, Mr. Lugo, how about you start us off and let us know what you've been playing? So, yeah, I've been doing a combination of a couple of different things, been playing a lot of different games, some for review, some for other stuff, as well as also attending events, which I'll touch on briefly here and there. But basically, I've been playing a couple of different things. I've been playing Injustice 2 on PC. I actually got sent a code from, uh, was it from NetherRealms? And we got a chance to check it out on PC. Uh, my initial impressions is that it's not optimized for PC, like a lot of WB games, unfortunately. That that seems to be a, a problem that's been lingering around for quite a while. The biggest problem with Injustice to on PC is that there's a lot of frame slowdown. There's a lot of frame skips and a lot of different issues with that. Now, keep in mind, when I was playing it on PC, I was playing it at max settings. I was also playing it with and without VSync. So that kind of influenced a little bit of the stuff. And obviously, if you tinker around with the settings, things can get a little bit better or a little bit different. Uh, I will say that when the game does run good, it runs really good at a smooth 60 frames per second on PC. It's going to be interesting to see how that game, along with all its extra DLC content and everything else, really grows and evolves over time. Because I know, like, obviously on PC, there's a big modding community. There's a lot of different people that throw out a lot of homebrew stuff. So it'd be kind of cool to see how that kind of community takes to that game, you know, compared to like other stuff like with Street Fighter V and even Mortal Kombat X and stuff here and there. Now, besides that, a game that I played that was really bad, <laughs> that was really, really terrible, was Outcast. Uh, what is it? The second, I believe, I believe I got the name wrong. It's it's, it's the Outcast. Uh, was it Outcast Second Contact? There you go for uh, PlayStation Four. Uh, it's basically a re-release of a PC game that's like very old from a while back. And the problem is, is that this is not a good port to the PlayStation 4. It just is not good. It, a lot of the stuff and the designs from that game from back in the day, even though it was a cult hit for a lot of people on PC, just doesn't translate well to the console. There's a lot of, you know, delay in the movements. You know, the controls feel very stiff and very awkward. There's a lot of awkward moments, not just with the visuals, but also with the audio. Like, the audio just sounds terrible. I mean, you could tell it was a game that had ADR, just, you know, voiceover from back in the early or mid-90s, and it just was not good. Just e listening to even one line of dialogue on there, you could hear the choppiness in the sound. Like, you could tell, like, the type of mics that they had back then were just not as good as what we got now, and it was just terrible overall so that was something that i also got you know to mess around with and again we're not going to have a review of that game on the site because it's an old old game and it's a little difficult to kind of review old old games like that that get re-released especially when we have not only a bunch of new games out now but how do you really judge an old game like that it's a, it's a kind of a little bit of dilemma but at least we figure we touch on it for now 
Besides that, which we'll get into a little bit later, I've been playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 for review, which we'll get into in a little bit because but there's a lot to unpack with Star Wars Battlefront 2. I mean, that's all I'm going to say for now on that. But final thing I wanted to mention, or at least final two things I wanted to mention. One, we have a new unboxing video on the website for the Rocad uh, tech that I've actually been doing, the Rocad Con Pro, as well as also the Con Amio, uh, IMO, Cone IMO. I keep pronouncing it wrong. Uh, the mouse from Rocat, which is pretty good. You definitely check that out when you guys get a chance. We're also going to have some other unboxing videos coming very, very soon. You guys are going to enjoy. And then finally, uh, I was a guest at uh, Anime AY this past weekend at uh, here in Deerfield, Florida. I got a chance to do some panels over there. There wasn't a whole big turnout, so we didn't really do videos as much as I originally had planned. But we do have a gallery of some of the cool stuff and the cosplay that I saw while I was out there at, uh, uh, what is it, Anime AY. So when you get a chance, check that out. There's a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of great costumes, some cool, uh, what is it, near Automata cosplay, which I thought was dope, as well as some original characters that you guys may get a kick out of if you love cosplay. So that's what I've been up to. I've been very, very busy overall, but I can't wait to talk about Star Wars. Sounds good. Yes, absolutely. Definitely a lot going on. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Max, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Uh, this week, I've been playing a little bit of a little bit of just like usual. But the big thing I've been playing is the PC port of Neo, which obviously I missed the first time around on PlayStation 4 because I don't have one yet. But um, playing it on PC has been an interesting experience so far. So I got the game a bit early before the uh, day one patch came out and it was optimized pretty poorly for PC. It wasn't running very well. I was like getting 60 frames in like spots with rain and a bunch of enemies. And then I'd like walk indoors and it would drop to like 20 and 30 and like kind of stutter around and sometimes even into the tens, which was a bit frustrating, but I was kind of sticking through it and it would get a little bit better as the game went on as I got out of like the starting tutorial area and everything. But then when the day one patch came out, I was actually, it's been running so much better on my PC just in general. I've been getting a solid 55 to 60 frames almost everywhere, even on basically maxed out settings. I have to turn the shadows down a little bit lower. There isn't a whole lot of customization as is usual with these types of ports, but which is kind of a shame. Like there's no uh, AA settings at all, which is really, that's the biggest thing that frustrates me. You can't customize any of the anti-aliasing, but other than that, the gameplay is absolutely incredible. I didn't think that I'd enjoy it more than a Souls game because, you know, it's obviously easily comparable to a Souls game, but there's a whole lot more intricacies and a lot more little touches and changes here and there that add up to make the game a very different experience. Like, for example, you can change in between a low, a medium, or a high stance whenever you want when you're in combat, which changes your entire moveset, some of the special abilities you have equipped, how quick you dodge, how fast or slow your attacks are, how much endurance each attack takes, which is really, really cool. So I'm always playing around with those. You kind of like in Dark Souls, you can also switch your weapon types whenever you want, but this game makes it a bit more viable to do. So like as you're using weapons, you have this bar called familiarity. And as you use the weapon more, your familiarity goes up and then you do more damage with it or your stats are just better with it. And you just do generally better with it. So you're kind of encouraged to try all, all these different weapons and increase your, increase your familiarity with it, which is really cool because it's a lot more of a loot grind than Dark Souls is like you're getting shit tons of loot. Um, where's Dark Souls? You you still get your fair share of loot, but this one is a lot more like an ARPG level of loot, which is really cool. So you're always switching out your armor pieces. You're always switching out your weapons, like almost after every few encounters, if you really want. I tend to wait towards the end of the missions to do that sort of stuff. But one of my favorite features actually too is um, 
the way they handle PvP is a little bit differently than in the Souls games. From what I can tell, I'm about 40 hours in now. There's really no um, invading. I haven't encountered any type of being invaded or anything like that, but what's cool is that when you see another player die, in Souls you can touch their blood stain and like see how they died. In this one, you can't see how players have died. You can see where they've died, and you can summon their sprite, and you can fight them. You can just fight their character and then their loadout and you'll get some glory, which is like PDP rewards. And then you'll get some items from that anyone. So there could be like 10 people that have died in one spot and I could pick which one to fight and I could fight all of them if I wanted to. And you'll get glory for PDP, which you can trade in for PDP items. Cause there's a whole dedicated PDP section that I haven't even touched yet. Aside from that, where you can like go into arena fights and stuff or help people out. There's still like the summoning where you can summon people in to help you out with bosses and stuff. That's another thing. The bosses in this game, are ridiculous there is in souls i usually was getting through most bosses without too much trouble in this game i've actually had to be summoning people for some of the bosses they're very creative they all have like three tiers um that just get way harder there's this one boss i've been stuck on for the past two days and his first two tiers are always so simple like i get him down to a third of his health and i'm always like all right i can do this i still have a bunch of my healing items left and he ends up wrecking me just because of one additional move that he adds onto his move set which is like these portals that get thrown down and these portals they can't or they don't allow you to recharge your uh, endurance so when you're standing in them you, your endurance is just sitting there or it's going down if you're attacking. But it's cool because there's an active reload type feature like in Gears is something very similar to that where if you hit uh, RB at a certain point on your energy bar after a move, you recover a lot of your endurance. But And that also gets rid of the portals if you do it at like max and at the max recovery time. But if you miss that or if you forget to do it or if you just don't get it all the way, you the portal stays there. So a bunch of these portals will be spawning in and I'm just like screwed because my endurance isn't going up and I'm also trying to fight him, also trying to block him. And it's just, it's really intense and it's really fun. And I'm just a huge fan of the game so far. I still have a lot to go. I still have to do the DLC packs as well, but so far it's been a really, really interesting 40 hours. Yeah, see, the, the game sounds awesome. Uh, I know when I tried the demo, uh, I got destroyed. So um, obviously, you know, I do intend to go back to the game at some point. But uh, yeah, you said oh, oh, about 35, 40 hours is how much you're in right now. I don't have that much time yet to devote to just one game. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um I definitely am going to pick it up, though, and hopefully it is on sale during the uh, Black Friday PSN sale, because what I saw so far in that sale is not really too impressive. But uh, we'll see. Sounds good. Um, so, Dana, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Uh, well, it's been a couple of things. I just finished up a review that I'm doing Marvel Lego Superheroes 2, which, as you guys already know, I'm in love with that game. It's one of those games. There's so many different aspects and so many different storylines that you could just play forever and never get old and tired. It this never gets old. It's never tiresome. I've also been uh, playing um, Star Wars Battlefront 2. It's just... You know, I really tried to be positive about it and be like, oh, people are just overreacting. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. Uh, the campaign is just, oh my gosh, it's just bad. There's like parts where it seems like you're, you're fighting Beatles and things just doesn't make any sense. The storyline is kind of weird and everything to me just feels rushed. It feels like they tried to 
make sure that it goes alongside the movie, which to me, I just don't understand what the purpose is at all. The campaign felt like it just ended very abruptly. It was very short. Nothing really felt like it was thought out. And they just randomly threw things together to create this game. And there really isn't that much positive that I can say about it, which is unfortunate, but it's just, it's bad. But, um, you know, it, it looked pretty. That's about it. It's, but it's just bad. So I've been, it wasn't even like an enjoyable experience. It was just like sitting through like one of those, it was just bad. You keep thinking it's going to turn around and be better. And, you know, you think people are just going a little overboard with the criticism, but it's honestly just bad. Well, that sounds painful. I know uh, Gary was looking forward to playing it. So uh, maybe once he does feel better, that's the first game he'll play. It's it's the super lucky tales of EA. (laughs) Oh, no. I hope not. (laughs) Uh, We'll see. So, um, Gary, I know that you cannot speak. So, uh, Dana, I'm going to put you on the spot. You could let us know what Gary has been playing. We already know what game that is. It's just a really small independent game. I think it's like Overwatch. I'm not sure. Watch over people. I'm not sure. Something with a watch and that it's over. I think he's been, you know, dabbling with that. It's this new game. You know, not many people have heard of it. Yeah. Gary barely talked about it. Yeah, Overwatch. <laughs> Overwatch is the only game I've been playing this week. Uh, I didn't even touch Destiny 2, um, which probably means I'm bored of it by now. Um, and I think once I, you know, get paid, I think I'm going to be buying myself Assassin's Creed Origins because it's about time to get into that game. But uh, that's pretty much it this week. So I, I, I'll i just make one comment about what you just said. Um, you know, I'm glad that you're buying Assassin's Creed Origins, although I fear that the Origins part, that will remain uh, very much realistic to your situation because you'll probably never start the game because you'll still be playing Overwatch. But uh, I hope that I'm wrong. You know, I hope that I'm wrong. We'll see. Uh, so as for me, what I've been playing, I've only spent... I didn't really play too much this week. You know, I played a lot last week that I spoke about. This week, I I have had a chance to play L.A. Noir Remastered on the PlayStation 4. Um, I will have a review for that very, very soon. Um, What I can say of the game is, you know, I played the original L.A. Noir, and I also reviewed that on the site uh, about six years ago. I mean, it's pretty much the same game. You know, they made a few changes here or there, not really any significant changes. Uh, one change in particular, you know how when you do the interrogation, they have uh, the truth, the doubt, and the lie system. Now they have made that simpler and made it good cop, bad cop, or accuse um, instead. And a lot of that stuff is, you know, if you've played through the first game, you already know how to play this game initially. Uh, they did say it's an HD remaster. Um, but to me, honestly, it looks the same. You know, obviously, if you have a 4K TV, um, it's going to look a lot better, a lot more different. I'm using the same TV that I had when I reviewed the game initially. So it looks exactly the same for me. Um, there are a couple of different camera angles that they did add, and they added a little bit more detail to the cars. Um, but outside of that, it's not really anything that's massive in terms of what they've done for the game. 
I think, uh, you know, Rockstar will take two has, you know, they've gone on record saying that they thought they had a relatively scarce lineup this year, even though they had the NBA game and, and the WWE game. So uh, I feel that they definitely wanted to release this to make up for that. And I pretty much said that I thought that the original game was, was good on its own. Uh, the story, I don't really like the way the story concluded. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that didn't like that. But the game is, you know, if you enjoyed L.A. Noir, then you definitely will enjoy it this time around again. Uh, obviously, if you have a Nintendo Switch, it's also out on the Switch. And there is an option to actually use the touchscreen, which is something that you don't have, obviously, with the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions. Um, I would say anyone who has a Switch, if you need a game to pick up, this is possibly, uh, you know, a game that you may want to pick up. It all depends your interest. Um, but yeah, I should mention that the switch version is $10 more expensive because of the cartridge. So it's $50. Whereas the PS4 and Xbox one version is 39 99. So a $10 difference. But, um, again, if you enjoyed LA noir, um, you'll definitely enjoy the remaster, but I don't think it's necessary. And again, with all the other games that are out right now, um, you just may not have the time to really get into this. But if you do have some time and you enjoyed the first game, then it'd be pretty much the same experience. No doubt about that. Um, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, that's all I had a chance to play this week. It's been a very busy week, but uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into the topics. And uh, I think um, I'm going to tackle obviously the biggest news story of the week before we get into all these other topics, because it's a story that is still developing. We're talking about star Wars battlefront two. Now I know Dana has already said the game is horrible. Um, Mr. Lugo is actually playing it for review right now. Uh, there's a lot of things that happened with this game this week. Uh, more importantly, or in, in, in particularly the whole issue of them suspending the microtransactions because of the bad feedback that they got, you know, I know the site, I know the story was posted on CNN and several other places. So um, before we get into the whole issue with the microtransactions, um, tell us uh, your thoughts on Star Wars Battlefront, Mr. Lugo, and um, a lot of the issues that are going on with this game. So before I get into my impressions and stuff, if you guys haven't heard the news already, again, just to recap a little bit, basically EA took out the microtransactions where you could pay real money for the crystals in the game to purchase different collectibles, different, uh, was it skins and characters that you could play as, or even perks, which are the star cards in Star Wars Battlefront 2, both for online play and also for offline play, like not the campaign, but like, you know, the arcade stuff and everything else. So basically... That a lot of the reason why that happens because there's been a big controversy with how much and uh, of the grind it is to unlock a lot of the content in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Even the most basic stuff with like playing as some of the legacy characters from the Star Wars franchise, like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, and even uh, characters like uh, Aiden Versio, who is the main character of the campaign. It's a huge, huge grind for credits and also crystals, which are used to get you know from real money uh, in order to unlock them. I mean, on average, or at least you know, the main uh, price point for characters like Luke Skywalker is 15,000 credits per character, or at least 15,000 credits for Luke Skywalker and for Darth Vader. And you get an average of about 100 to 200 credits per matchup. Now, that could be a real long grind when you're trying to get one of your favorite characters. Even after completing the campaign and doing a bunch of the different arcade mode uh, 
was it um uh, uh scenarios which is like the little just different like you know small time matches and small ma- uh, maps that you could play on against ai opponents or even with co-op it still takes a while to do so in order to unlock you know some of the characters that you want or even everything in the game the things that are really confusing though to me and obviously you know ea made a statement about it which got the most downvoted uh votes or at least was the most downvoted comment on reddit for like you know ever period which is absolutely insane and it shows you the visceral reaction that everybody had about it uh it's just insane to me that some of the design decisions that went into star wars battlefront 2 now at its heart you know to really start my impressions star wars battlefront 2 is a pretty looking game it's very shiny i definitely can say that as far as the star wars like aesthetic ea knocks it out of the park dice knocks it out of the park they did the same thing with the previous battlefront game which i said in my previous review of it that i thought it was one of the prettiest Star Wars games around. And this is pretty much the same thing. There's a lot of eye candy in the campaign, in the multiplayer, in the solo arcade stuff all over the place. Now, as far as everything else is concerned, as far as controls and stuff like that, I think it's good, which I'll get more into detail in a lot of the stuff when I finally post up the review this week. But really where the problems start to stem is not only in just how many credits that you earn and and the restrictions that you're given in almost every mode of the game. What I find amazing is that uh, EA, for whatever reason, thought it was a good idea to restrict the amount of credits that you could earn per day from the arcade mode. Like, for example, I was playing it yesterday, right? And I played maybe about three or four, I want to say about average about three matches or three of the different scenarios, the battle arcade scenarios, before the game told me that I couldn't earn any more credits for another like 20 hours. And I was like, wait a second, I'm not even earning a lot of credits to begin with. Like I'm earning like maybe 100, 150 credits per scenario. And there's only like seven scenarios per light side and dark side for, uh, in the battle scenarios in arcade mode. So it's really not a lot, even if you finish them all on both sides, light and dark side. But they want to restrict you per day to do that. And their reasoning, or at least from what a lot of people are gathering, it's to prevent people from farming the credits in order to get enough credits to purchase like the star cards, you know, to boost them up and to upgrade the weapons and such. But like, even then it's just really confusing. So besides that, what what really makes it even worse is that the people that bought the ultimate edition, the, the really expensive, like collector's edition that comes with all this extra, like boosters and extra stuff that you get on day one, those people get the ability to really power up and unlock the bulk of the stuff that's available in Star Wars Battlefront 2, giving them a huge, huge edge in multiplayer. And I mean, when I say huge edge, I mean like the the actual gap between people that have uh, bought the game Standard Edition or haven't really played a lot to the people that maybe have bought the Ultimate Edition or even grind it out for like a full day. There's a huge gap in the skill level. There's a huge gap in the amount of like, you know, wins and losses you're going to see online. Uh, for me personally, in my own experience, having played a bunch of online matches and multiplayer in all the game modes, there you could tell the people that really kind of bought the ultimate edition because their star cards are maxed out and they're maxed out on like day one or even with that extra week. Cause I know that people that pre-ordered the game and got the ultimate edition, they had it about a week early uh, over other people that got it on the original release date. So that kind of sucks because it, it really kind of puts you in a bad position where you either have to grind a whole bunch, you know, within those restrictions that EA put on the game, or you have to spend real world money on it. Now, you can't do so now because those microtransactions are gone, which only adds more fuel to the fire. And eventually those are going to come back. I think it was Max or, or you, Rich, that told me that they're eventually going to come back at some point. But it really kind of makes some of those aspects that are supposed to be fun about Star Wars Battlefront 2 not as fun anymore. 
unless you've really kind of dived in and just threw your wallet at the game. That it's a real shame because Star Wars Battlefront 2, there, there's some good stuff in it. Again, but outside of the aesthetics. I think the campaign for all its issues, it's still a decent enough campaign to expect from a game like this. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not excusing any of the problems with it. I think there's a lot of problems with continuity in the campaign. I think that the pacing of it is a little bit inconsistent because there's a lot of different moments thrown in there without getting into spoilers where you kind of switch control for to like you know classic star wars characters it's like they i feel like they they threw them in there because they needed to have another pull or a hook for you to stay with it it's a very short campaign maybe about three to four hours give or take depending on how long you take to complete each mission but they really tried they really want you to care about a certain character which is javina gavankar's character uh was it Iden versio and they want they really want to gas her up and really kind of you know have her grow on you but then all of a sudden in random moments they'll switch over to like you know han solo or they'll switch over early in the game you'll switch over to luke skywalker and there's like some threads that they try to kind of weave into there here and there throughout the campaign and they end off on a real big cliffhanger and it's just kind of like they just end it right then and there there's no there's no real solid conclusion and you're like what the heck like th- there's something wrong here come to find out later on i believe it's in the first week or second week of december we're getting free dlc content based on the last jedi which is going to be additional campaign stuff as well as also multiplayer stuff based on the new movie that's coming out now I don't know how I feel about that because I almost feel a little bit cheated from the campaign, the way that it ended. And I can understand like the business model as far as like keeping players invested with the game over the long period. But all these decisions I've seen, you know, implements into the game. It just, it really takes away the fun factor out of a lot of stuff. And it's a damn shame because this is star Wars. This is, this is a big game for EA in, in the wake of visceral getting shut down. And we're not getting the visceral star Wars game that we were supposed to be getting from Amy Henning and that team over there. This is a shame that there's a lot of bad vibes going on right now with EA as far as the star Wars brand. And funny enough, we were even talking about beforehand, how there was a rumor that went around that one of the head execs over at Disney called up the head exec or the CEO of EA. And then shortly after that, all the microtransactions got pulled out. And there's been a lot of, you know, I guess you could say damage control going on with Star Wars Battlefront 2. So there's a lot of weird stuff going on with this game. So hopefully, you know, again, way after my review comes out, goes, gets published on the site because it's going up this week, probably in the next like day or so, because I need to play a little bit more of the multiplayer to really solidify, you know, all my thoughts overall. But uh, hopefully there's some updates that come for the game. I, I really want them personally to, to reduce the amount of credits it takes to unlock a lot of the content, to reduce the amount of credits it takes to upgrade uh, the star cards and as well as also the weapons and really kind of fine tune a lot of the abilities and, and, and some of the other kind of like stuff you could do as the troopers or the heroes in the game because the balancing is also way off. That, that's another thing I forgot to mention. The balancing in the game is just completely off the wall. Again, besides the star cards and all the stuff that people get an edge on within that first week or even on day one, it's just a lot of the different things on there. You, you'll when you lose, you'll be losing a lot, especially if you're just coming into the game fresh. But that's just my thoughts on the mix. So I'm curious to see where you guys stand on this from what what's happened. Well, first and foremost, excellent wrap up of Star Wars Battlefront Two, all of the issues, etc. I'm not going to go next. I I believe I was going to uh, let Mr. Gary go. Although I don't really know Gary's going to be able to say too much. I will go ahead and start off Gary by saying I'm sure that they should have titled this game. um, Instead of saying, uh, you know, the force is strong. um, I think the grind is strong with this one. So that's the everyone hat that I have spoken to have complained about that in particular. I like that. The grind is strong at this one. We got to, we got to tagline that. I like that. That's funny. 
Yeah. So, so Gary, uh, I don't know if you, I know you are a little under the weather. Do you have anything to say on this particular topic? Uh, I mean, not too much because, you know, I kind of, um, I, I made the decision to steer clear of this game all the time. <laughs> um, you know, hearing everything that happened over the past week just confirms why I didn't trust EA to begin with. You know, even back at E3 when they showed uh, you know, a lot of footage for the game and people were getting excited, you know, for the single player campaign. I knew that there would be something that they would mess up. And this week is just, you know, confirmation of that. Um, I think it's very bad practice. And the fact that the microtransactions are so deeply rooted inside the game just shows that, you know, that their level of thinking, like they designed it to be this way from the beginning. And this is what they, you know, they, they wanted to milk people's money based on the Star Wars name. Um, so yeah, it just, it shows their mindset and, uh, people need to, you know, take this as a reason to stop supporting, you know, these practices in, in the games, um, and just make a stand, you know, like vote with your wallet, vote against, you know, this, uh, this horrible abuse of video games, you know, to manipulate you to get, to get you to spend money. Um, and yeah, like I said in the chat, I wish I was a fly on the wall during that conversation between Disney and EA. I really would love to know what DA, uh, Disney's reaction was during that conversation. And, you know, cause this, this news hit mainstream. So, you know, that was a big deal for Disney, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say on it. Yeah. I, mean, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, one comment that I will make, and then I'm going to give it, uh, give the floor to Max. Um, I, I, I did notice that, uh, quite a bit of companies have been taking shots at, at, at EA. Um, right before we started recording, I saw that, uh, you know, CD project red Twitter, they was, had some new de details saying that there will be multiplayer in the cyberpunk game that's coming out. And I saw one of the fans asked them if they were going to be like EA. And then they said, no, we're not going to be greedy like other companies. So, I mean, obviously everyone knows that this is what they were referring to. A couple of other companies took shots as well. So I thought that was interesting. But uh, shout Max, out to Blizzard. <laughs> Blizzard. Yeah, shout out to Blizzard. Uh, Max, uh, you have any thoughts on this uh, Star Wars Battlefront fiasco? Uh, yeah, definitely alongside what JJ said and everything. Um, I guess at the end of the day, this was a long time coming. You know, the past couple of months, there's been all sort of kind of loot box controversies, controversies, issues with microtransactions, people saying that they're going to speak with their wallets and not buy these games. But I don't know if that was really the case. You know, just a lot of internet warriors arguing against this sort of stuff. And to be honest, I thought this loot box, these loot box issues were going to last a lot longer. I thought it was going to be a while before gamers kind of quote unquote revolted. But then it kind of makes sense that because EA got involved and messed around with people's Star Wars, you don't mess around with a nerd Star Wars. You just don't do that. You know what I mean? And this was the game that kind of caused everyone to be like, all right, this is enough. We're done with this. Loot boxes need to chill out. Microtransactions need to chill. And I'm happy that it was, of course, EA were the ones to, uh, 
be the ones that pushed it too far because they're the ones that deserve most of this backlash. They're the ones that deserve a lot of this shit. Um, I've been having some interesting conversations with um, some other gaming friends that I have. And one of them is a big, he's very adamant that Blizzard is to blame for the kind of loot box revolution, not necessarily saying that it was their fault, but that, or, or that they did it intentionally, but that because of the way they handled loot boxes in Overwatch and because they implemented them in that game, because you know how Blizzard takes ideas from other developers and kind of perfects them. You know, that's always what they've done because loot boxes were not created by Blizzard. No, but he's saying that they kind of like quote unquote perfected the loot boxes. They implemented them into a very addictive game. And because of that companies like EA, you know, they brought the loot box scheme to the mainstream and other companies took heed to this. They saw loot boxes and they thought, Hey, all right, how can I use this to make the most amount of money possible? That's like what EA did. You know, they took that quote unquote good idea and made it a very bad idea. So it's interesting to me that, you know, of course it was EA that did that, but I just think it's interesting because I don't know if you can really blame anyone for this sort of practice because in my opinion, EA just would have found another way to do this sort of stuff. They would have found another way to maximize profits. Some other part of the game would have been neutered. Do you know what I mean? So it's like this loot box phenomenon, it's, it's something that it just would have been something else another day. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have been loot boxes. It would have been some other microtransaction issue they would have found some other way to screw it up, but because it's loot boxes and I'm just really happy to see that the revolution is starting now because I know they're doing the same thing with need for speed too. They pulled microtransactions from that and they're like revamping them. And I'm sure that other companies who are going to go crazy about loot boxes are probably going to step back and take a look at how they're going to implement them from now on. Cause I don't think loot boxes are gone. They're definitely not going to be gone there's going to be other cases of this sort of stuff. This was a victory, but this was not like the war one. You know what I mean? There's definitely going to be some other shady practices, probably from EA themselves. I'm sure that when these microtransactions come back, there's going to be some other issue. Or maybe they'll just let Battlefront 2 go. Maybe they'll be chill with Battlefront 2, and then the next game, they'll have some sort of microtransaction issue. I know that even like with GTA 5, I know that some people are starting to get sick of the way Rockstar is handling that sort of stuff. So maybe with Red Dead Online, maybe some bad stuff will happen with that. Or not. We'll have to see. But I, it's not over. But I'm happy that we won. This is like the first big win for us against loot boxes and shitty practices. And that's really cool. Absolutely. I would just, uh, I would just like to share an, an analogy with everyone. Um, so, you know, I just want to paint a picture. So let's say, you know, one chef, you know, decides to start up a restaurant and he starts selling, you know, fried chicken or something. You know, let's hypothetically say fried chicken. And, you know, he, he does it so good that people come to love this fried chicken. But then, you know, down the street, another guy opens up a chicken shop and he starts sprinkling crack on his chicken to get people addicted so that they keep coming back to buy more and more chicken from his shop. Now, you can't blame that first guy for making legit good chicken, you know? Like, that second guy is the one who's manipulating the system. So he's to, play, he's to blame for messing up, you know, people's wallets by getting people hooked and addicted and willing to buy more and more chicken. So people, you know, when people throw the Blizzard argument out there, yes, they perfected the loot boxes, but they did it right and they did it fair. EA are the ones that are now manipulating it and 
tying it directly into gameplay elements of their games. So you can only blame the abusers in the situation, in my opinion. See, that's that's my argument for it, too, because it's like this happens with anything like some anytime a good invention or something comes out, there's always going to be people with bad intentions that take it and ruin it. You know, that's just the thing that bad hearted people do because money. So it's just like it's really hard to say Blizzard is the reason for this. Like, yeah, they brought loot boxes into the mainstream, but like. That doesn't they didn't have bad intentions with them, per se, like there's just those people with bad intentions that screw everything up for everyone. That's always what happens. I have so many questions about the crack, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a very interesting analogy. Uh, very interesting and very specific analogy. Why not 11 uh, herbs? Says, I'm sorry, it's because I, I had fried chicken for dinner yesterday, and I'm still thinking about it, so that's why. Did you have crack, too? Uh, I, I hope it didn't have crack in it. <laughs> uh, so, Dana, uh, I know you've already spoken about... Uh, some of the dislikes of Battlefield. Uh, why don't you, do you have any other thoughts that you want to say about this uh, controversy? Battlefront. Um, yeah, my my whole situation was that it's, it outweighs the good parts of the game to the point where it hinders people. And say for the mix, the average person like me, I just want to play a game. I understand that there's loot crates and there's some people who can afford it. That's fine. But don't make it to the point where it hinders me from enjoying the basic parts of the game. So that's my issue. If you want, you know, Darth Vader and all these different characters and different, you know, weapons and stuff, that's fine with me. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with having to work 40 hours for it compared to spending, you know, $40 on it. That's okay. But to the point where I can't even move forward. And as JJ was saying, I have to wait an extra 20 minutes in order to play the game again. I don't, I don't like that concept. I don't like that model at all so just make it fair for everyone i agree well one thing to add on that it's not that you can't play the game more is that you can't earn any more credits like they they like stop you from being rewarded from uh was it from actually earning anything at some point so like when you need credits to purchase more content or more stuff that you can use in, in multiplayer and other stuff you won't be able to do that from the arcade mode, which, which sucks, which is a confusing design decision because you're not, you don't get a lot to begin with because the cost of everything is so astronomical, which by the way, for the record, I was doing some reading before the cost for unlocking characters was so much more that beforehand, like earlier this week, when the game came out, they reduced the cost of the characters by 75% at least, or 75 to 80%. It was originally like 60,000 credits to unlock Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. Mind you, Okay, you're only getting 100 to 200, maybe 300 at the most per matchup. That's insane. Like they and and the statement from EA saying that they really wanted to have like, you know, a sense of accomplishment for earning stuff. The point is is that you have to be able to earn it in the first place. Like you have to be able to it has to be realistic. I mean, granted there's going to be people that really play this game for a very long time, but when you have something so synonymous with the brand such as Star Wars like Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Han Solo, Lando Calrissian, even some of the new characters, Rey, 
uh, or any of the others or Kylo Ren that that it's almost literally or nigh impossible to actually uh, achieve that culture or, or be able to obtain that content. People are just going to stop playing. People are just not going to have fun. They're not going to want to play that anymore. And they're going to complain about it. It makes you look bad for almost no reason. And I understand the business savvy of it, where you need to have players like constantly playing your game and you need them to have a reason to at least entice them to go spend real money or more money on top of the game from what they already bought like that. But I think it was just the wrong way to go about it. And it's, and it's interesting. You guys mentioned overwatch. I think overwatch went at, went about it in a better way, but I still am not a fan of the whole loot box, you know, thing over time type of ordeal at least that the way that that system works out and and i feel like it's necessary now in the industry because the industry is changing so much and companies need more resources in order to stay afloat or they need more resources in order to stay relevant and viable like that that we're not going to see this go away if anything i feel like it's going to get worse i think that with with ea now it's almost like you know this is like this is at least the point or the line that like they kind of can't cross at this point or at least the line they could cross until or somebody, or at least the, the majority of people really get upset about it. And I felt that I don't think that this is the last that we've seen it because we've seen other games do microtransactions at this point with Shadow of War not too long ago. Uh, what was it? We're going to see other games at some point do the same thing going forward. And and watch it be other games that are big, high-profile games that we wouldn't expect them to do it, and then everybody's going to be upset about it. I definitely see that happening. Absolutely. Um, man, you all had excellent points that you made about this. I don't really have too much more to add. I, I will just go back to what Max said earlier, how, and it's very ironic to me how he said this was the one game that uh, really got this, this thing to be a little out of control. I, I find it funny because the game is battlefront. Okay. So this is literally a battle between the consumers and the publishers now because of the microtransactions. So I, I thought that was hilarious when I saw all this was happening this week, but uh, you know, it's uh it is going to continue. Um, I'm very curious to see how all the other EA titles are impacted. You know, Anthem coming out next year. I, I wonder if EA will be somewhat cautious. I don't think they will be cautious at all with any of these other games. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so uh, any other thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next? I got one more thing, actually. Um, I've been seeing people like kind of defend Battlefront and be like, hey, at least they're listening. At least they're, you know, making changes based on our feedback and shit. Don't act or don't don't believe that EA didn't know exactly what they were doing with this. Like they implemented these changes on or implemented these things originally on purpose. This wasn't like an accident. This wasn't unforeseen. I mean, they knew exactly what they were doing. They, I don't think they expected this much backlash. But they didn't not do the calculations. They know every single thing they did in, in this game. This isn't that stuff doesn't go unnoticed. You know what I mean? That's not that's just not how it works. They designed this game. They know it better than all of us. They know it inside and out. So don't defend these practices just because they're making changes. They're only making changes because they were either forced to or because the audience won't buy their game otherwise. Like that's the only reason. They they got caught. That's why. So, and like Rich, you just said, yeah, they are probably going to do it again. I don't know how badly they're going to cross the line next time or push the line. They're, they're going to keep trying to find a way to push the line. We know this, like that's without question. So if they'll succeed in that, we don't know. I hope not. I hope that no one will let them push it per- further than this, but we'll see. I don't know. Absolutely. 
Uh, and the main thing people should remember, because I saw everybody say it, oh, this is a win. This is a win. Well, it is a win for the consumer, but uh, it is the temporary removal of all microtransactions. So as I believe JJ said, and you you said also, Max, uh, there's st- this is still a war going on. So you could say this is one victory one, but it just will continue. So uh, people need to be aware that this is this is not over. Um, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, it's craziness. All right, so um, let's uh, step away from the dark side and get into another topic now. Um, Let's talk about the October 2017 MPDs real quick, uh, because, you know, obviously there's a couple of things that uh, you guys may want to say on this. But first and foremost, uh, the number one selling console is obviously the Nintendo Switch. I don't really think that is a surprise to anybody because uh, Switch has been doing very, very well. I see it's in stock everywhere now, so it looks to me like Nintendo have finally caught up on all of the supply. So that's that's great. Now, in terms of software, we do have a couple of interesting things to talk about. I'm going to start at number 10 and go to number one. Uh, number 10, we had Forza Motorsport 7. Uh, number nine, we had Destiny 2. Number eight, Madden NFL 18. Seven, we had uh, WWE 2K18, which is something I still don't understand. Number six, we had FIFA 18. Number five, NBA 2K18. Number four, South Park, The Fractured But Whole. Number three, and this is very interesting, Super Mario Odyssey. Okay, that's good. But number two, Assassin's Creed Origins. And number one, Middle Earth, Shadow of War. So um, I don't know if you guys had any initial thoughts on any of these titles where they were on this particular list. One thing I will mention very briefly is that Wolfenstein 2 and The Evil Within were number 13 and 14 on that list. So um, I do have something to say about that. But before I get into that, uh, Max, you have any thoughts on uh, these MPDs for October? I mean, I'm just really bummed about uh, that thing you just said at the end right there. Because those are both <laughs> incredible games, and it frustrates me a little. Because yeah, there's this whole shadow of, or uh, battlefront controversy going on with loot boxes and everything. But Shadow of War kind of started this controversy a lot too. But that was you said that was number one up there, right? That's correct. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a little uh, annoying to me. Even though Rich, you and I did get to play the game A three, and it was amazing. It was very very fun to play. I will say that, but um. I don't know if just everything I heard about the end game in that game kind of really turned me off of it, how you basically need to pay or grind shit tons of hours to get to the end, which is, you know, the things we were just complaining about in Battlefront, but that's beside the point, I guess. Uh, other than that, I don't think any of the NPDs are that surprising. Um, I'm really, I am surprised Wolfenstein 2 didn't at least hit top 10, though. Evil Within 2 should be up there but i'm not as surprised but wolfenstein 2 that's surprising especially with all the praise i've seen for it like on twitter and everything you know people are raving about people are still raving about that game where it like is a bit more niche but wolfenstein really that's that's surprising and i just worried because i know wolfenstein 2 there's they definitely set themselves up for another sequel as they did with evil within 2 but evil within 2 also kind of wrapped up a story as well so that could end there even though there's probably going to be dlc and everything for that but i am I'm more than a bit worried about the future of Wolfenstein because that sucks. That really sucks. Yeah, it it does suck. Uh, I'll make a quick comment on that right now. Um, I don't know if it would have benefited if this game had came out before 
the 27th, because the interesting thing about those numbers is Assassin's Creed and Mario also came out the same day, and you see they're at the top of the list. Now, we already knew Assassin's Creed was going to, you know, get some big numbers because they took a year off from, from the title. So that's fine. Mario, we knew that also. But again, these games came out with only three days left. Now, nah, four, four days left in the month and, and sold so much that they're still at the top of the list. So maybe with Wolfenstein, um, also want to say this, and I'm not, this isn't really taking a shot at uh, Bethesda at all, but it, both Assassin's Creed and Mario had reviews that were out uh, well before the game came out. You, 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 uh, you know, we know that Bethesda has their whole review policy where they don't send out the early copies anymore, but then they make some exceptions. But in this case, maybe this is an instance where people saw reviews for Wolfenstein earlier. They maybe would have said, okay, yeah, I do want to pick this up. Um, but Hey, listen, Mario, I know Mario and Assassin's Creed, those reviews were out well before the game came out. So that helped. But then again, this is also Assassin's Creed and Mario. I think they were both going to sell on their own, regardless of the reviews, but I don't know, just my thoughts. Um, uh, Dana, you have any thoughts on these, uh, MPD numbers? Are you surprised by any game that, uh, is on the list? Did you, did you think that Mario should have been number one perhaps, or are you happy with it at number three? Why is WWE 2K18 on this list? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I was even thinking that. I'm like, yo, that's Booty butt. That game is not good. <laughs> it was just, it keeps getting worse every year. What is wrong with people? See, this is children. I blame this on children. They look at these shows and they look at the little commercial with Snoop Dogg and he's rapping, and then they watch a little John Cena, and this is what happens. The, the, that game does not deserve its spot, and so you, the, Wolfenstein should have been on that that in that um, box, that whatever place it's. What, what number is it at? Uh, fourteen. <laughs> yeah, well, why is it at 14? Who? Yeah, that's my comment. My comment is shenanigans. I blame John Cena fans. That's all I'm saying. John, it has to be Cena fans. And I, I'm, yeah, that's just awful. And it wasn't even like it was good marketing team because we didn't even get, you know, information beforehand. They just randomly came up with this commercial and, and that was just it. We had to go digging to find out information about the game even beforehand. And we were still finding out information as we're playing the game. So I can't even say it's great marketing because it just didn't even exist. So it's just solely based on the popularity of John Cena. I don't understand. This is maybe they, I don't get it. Shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I don't get it either. You know, obviously, yeah. You guys mentioned John Cena. Yep. And also the fact that 2K is uh, the licensing now for this. And they have done, and in my personal opinion, they have done a horrible job with how they handled this franchise so far. Uh, I mean, definitely disappointing because I expected them to do a lot better than what they have done, but. Trash. Hey. And I expected, I'm a little surprised to see Shadow of War at number one. I thought it would be probably <laughs> at number four or a five. So I'm surprised by that. And I'm surprised um, Mario is not at number two. But, yeah, other than that, the biggest surprise is, you know, the booty butt game. WWE. Yeah, well, hey, it, it, it is what it is. Um, I don't know. Uh, 
I have no, I, ha- I can't answer that question. I guess uh, I know Shadow of War came out at the very, be- at the, that was the first game out. Like I think October 3rd is when that came out. So it had a whole month for people to really get it if they wanted to get it, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. You should numbers are accurate. Like, do you have receipts? Because I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> keep in mind, keep in mind, digital sales don't get counted. Digital oh, sales on PSN and Xbox Live, they don't get counted. They don't get uh, counted towards the grand total because those MPTs are only physical. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. I, people physically went into the store to purchase 2K18 and made it at number yeah. 14. Yeah. No. Maybe okay. Here, like I'm not gonna say anything, but I'm just wondering if somebody went and bought in bulk sale. You know, people get together and buy in bulk, and in that way they boost the numbers because this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Well, no, it's like you said, the kids, the kids. You know, the kids went into the store. Mommy, daddy, can I have that WWE game? Said that much for it to be at number fourteen. Yeah, that's what happened. You know, the, the parents, uh, you know, the, the, these are the same parents that, you know, you see how we, you mentioned the other day where it said, uh, you know, when you pick up the game, it says, don't do this at home. Don't do this at school. The same parents that let the kids do whatever. And then they hurt themselves and then they will blame WWE later for all this other stuff. But I don't understand why it's on the list, but uh, hey, it is what it is. Um Okay, uh, Mr. Lugo, did you have any other thoughts on these uh, M- these uh, uh, MPDs, or are you all good? Uh, the only thing I can really add to that is that the only reason why I feel like Middle Earth Shadow of War is number one is because I think that a lot of different outlets, besides the microtransaction stuff with, with everything that was going on there, uh, I think that a lot of people really did like the game for what it was. And also, people liked uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Keep that in mind. Like the previous game got a lot of praise. And I think a lot of people wanted to check this one out, or at least, you know, checked it out through word of mouth. Now, as far as Super Mario Odyssey not being number one, I think that also has to do with the number of Switches that are out in the wild. You know, as far as uh, the amount of people that own that console in order to play Super Mario Odyssey. Keep that in mind. That's not as much as the PlayStation out now. Even with the Xbox One X, I'm still pretty sure there's a whole bunch of people that have the original Xbox One, or not even the S for that matter. So that's why some of those games like that, you know, at least some of those Nintendo games that are on Switch probably haven't me broken that top spot yet. But granted, they're in the top five, or at least Super Mario Odyssey is in the top five, which is interesting. Now, yep. as far as like everything else is concerned, like what was in four, five, and six, if you don't mind me telling, just, just so I get an idea, because I, I missed that. Oh, yeah. So four, we had South Park, Fractured But Whole. Yeah, okay, uh, I can understand that. Number five, we had NBA 2K18. Mm-hmm. And number six, we have FIFA 18. Okay, so I, I expected also South Park to be up there, at least get close to the top three, because South Park had a lot of positive word of mouth, not just from reviews, but a lot of people that played it, that talked about it. And also keep in mind, people loved the, the stick of the truth. Keep that in mind. That that got a lot of praise for a, for a number of different reasons. So that was almost given to be in the top 10 like that. But other than that, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully WWE 2K18 goes down further because that game is not good. I could tell you that as the person who wrote the guide for that game, IGN, that game is not good. There's a lot of problems with that game. And I really hope, granted, not much is going to happen, that they do they go back for next year for 2019, for 2K19, that they do a lot of work on that game. Because it, it, to me, it's just not good. Well, unfortunately, I think we can confirm uh, there will not be uh, uh, hardly any work done since uh, <laughs> 2K17 it feel like it's the same game almost. Um, 
but practically, we'll <laughs> practically. Yeah, no, we'll we'll see about that. Um, and uh, Gary, I don't know if you want to say anything on this. Uh, obviously, Overwatch is not on the list, so you probably ain't gonna have nothing to say. But uh, do you have anything you want to add, or are you good? Uh, just you know, just a couple things. Um, I am very sad for um for Wolfenstein not being higher, and it, this is what um what makes it you know it, it's what makes me hate EA even more because you know people will go out in droves to buy Battlefield, I mean Battlefront, sorry, and you know they they won't even consider playing a great game like Wolfenstein. You know, I haven't played it myself, but I know for a fact that it's it's a good quality game that deserves, you know, some shine um, and it deserves some attention and people should give it a chance to play it. You know, I I have the first game, um, still haven't, you know, got around to it yet, but it's definitely on my list. And, you know, I trust Richard, I trust Max. I know that this game is is good, it's something special. So it's sad that, you know, it it didn't, you know, make the the top 10 at all. Um, I'm also surprised that, Gran Turismo Sport didn't make uh you know the top ten, but uh then again I'm not that surprised, but yeah, I, I did think that it would. Um and I'm surprised FIFA was so high as well. Um because I, I didn't know soccer was, you know, th- that popular in America. I know like over here, like FIFA's always the number one game, you know, when it comes out and stuff for a very long time. But um, I didn't know that, you know, soccer was so popular over there for it to be so high on the list. We have a, a large population of immigration and immigrants. So I, I think that's where it comes from. That and I also know like a significant amount of people, like a frat a fraternity's worth of people that don't watch soccer at all, but love playing FIFA. And I'm sure that translates over into other things or into other people as well. Like there are so many people that don't watch the sport at all or don't care for it, but love playing it like on Xbox, which is really interesting to me. That's like a thing, I guess, over here too. Uh, that's, so that's also that, that's why also that uh, NBA 2K is also right next to it, or at least, you know, NBA, yeah, it's NBA 2K 18, right? That's right next to it. Because a lot of those sports fans, they'll end up playing multiple sports games, you know, even though they'll be rabid about one of yeah. them. So you'll see them all bunched up on the MPDs most of the time. Yep, that's, yep. One hundred percent. That's interesting, for sure. But yeah, I mean, besides that, the uh, you know the top five is pretty much expected. You know, um, yeah, that's really all I got to say. Sounds good. So uh, we'll see what happens next month. Obviously, uh, Star Wars Battlefront will still be on the list next month. I, I mean, even though people. Uh, you know, some people won't buy the game because of the microtransaction. I still expect to see that game on that list. It's a matter of who is going to be on, in the top five, because I think Mario has a chance to be up there. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with the Black Friday sales, all this other stuff. It's going to be very interesting to see how it looks next month. But uh, I believe that's uh, that's it for that topic. Um, unless you guys said anything else you want to add. Shout out to, to, to Tom Clancy games, 18 and 20, still hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, yeah. way. And didn't, they, didn't Ghost Recon Wildlands get like new content recently, like PvP content? Because yeah. I know yeah. I just did some stuff with it, but I yeah. know that, that game's been around for a while. Same yeah, thing with talk us. About... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. It's Rainbow Six Siege. 
Oh, Siege is so good. They're having a free weekend, I think, this weekend, actually. It's almost over. But. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> hey, wait a second. You know what else is free this weekend, Max? I do. I do. Overwatch. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah, there you yeah, go. Overwatch yeah. this Overwatch. weekend, yeah. Which is surprising, because keep in mind, they also got a new character coming. Yeah. That's yeah, another guy. I, I forgot I think to Gary's played. Yeah, Gary played as that character, I believe. Hmm. Yeah, I, re- I, I su- surprisingly, I really like the new character. Um, I can't wait until like this week is over because you know people are just automatically picking her right away, so I've I don't get it. much chance to use her. But yeah. um, that, that should die down eventually. But I think she's a really good healer, um, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to trying her out more. She can be annoying to play against, though. Hmm. Um, and yeah, when you've got a free weekend. Um, quick play becomes kind of annoying because you know people are uh that you know they're making stupid choices in terms of like they're not cooperating with the team and stuff like that so yeah free weekends on overwatch can be a nightmare but it's good that you know more people get to try the game out absolutely absolutely all right so uh let's shift gears to the next topic um, and this is something that I'm going to let Dana talk about, you know, cause we're into the entertainment portion of the show. Uh, we have to talk about justice league because, uh, obviously, um, you know, there are some of us that saw the movie. Uh, I don't really know if we're going to get into any spoilers here because there may be some people in the audience that, uh, do not want to hear spoilers. But, uh, before we get into that, Dana, what is this news about it? Justice league possibly suffering the lowest DC EU opening weekend ever. Oh, sorry. I was muted. Um, oh, oh. Basically, people are not happy about DC so far. Like the not saying diehard DC fans, but the regular people who go to the movies are not thrilled about what's going on with DC movies. They suck. And even if you don't compare them to, say, Marvel or any other franchise, they're not that good. Their storylines are very weak. The villains are non-existent. The characters are just bland, despite them being very popular elsewhere. They just don't seem to spark any interest. The problem with the Justice League is that we have a whole array of characters that have not been introduced to us. So even though we have Batman and Superman and everybody knows Wonder Woman, people don't know who what the heck Cyborg is. They don't know what Aquaman is. So a lot of the problems is that people don't know who these characters are and they're kind of just getting fed up about it. As a result, no one, well, people have gone, but a mass majority of people have not gone to see this movie. And the projected, you know, uh, what is it? The money that they was projected to make was supposed to be a hundred million. They have not broken that yet. Not saying that this won't happen, but opening weekend, you know, that's when all it determines how successful a franchise is going to be. So so far, um, projections now suggest that Justice League is expected to earn about $93.5 million, which, you know, that's a lot of money, but not compared to the $120 million mark that it was projected to make. Cost $300 million to make. And 
It ended up opening lower than Batman versus Superman, which was 166 million. Man of Steel, which was at 116.6 million. And Suicide Squad, which was also at 133.7 million. Even Wonder Woman saw higher numbers. So this determines how successful they're going to plan out the other, how they're going to plan out the other movies. And it's not looking very promising. We're supposed to get a solo cyborg movie, the solo Batman movie, which now has problems itself because Ben Affleck does not want anything to do with Batman anymore. So there's a rumor also going around that Matt Reeves, the director, wants Jake Gyllenhaal, but that's for a whole nother thing. So people are very disappointed. Critics are already disappointed and fans are just like, meh. The movie itself is not trash. I sat through Suicide Squad. That was trashy. Batman versus Superman, meh. This was, I left with it was all right feeling. I wasn't exactly excited, but I wasn't disappointed. Like my, my spirits wasn't down in the dumps. I was just, you know, over it. When I saw the movie, it was good. They had funny moments. It was entertaining. It was a little bit more lighter. And that's because of Josh Whedon. So it was much better in that regards to the previous DC movies. But at the same time, it was also very forgettable. So that is the problem that's going on with Justice League. Ah, sounds good. So, uh, Mr. Lugo, I believe that you saw it. What are your thoughts on on Justice League? I don't know if we can really get into any spoilers here, you know, because maybe some people didn't see it. But uh, what are your thoughts on this news here? So there's a couple of different things. Yeah, I saw it on Thursday night. I went with a friend of mine late that night. It's actually saying that I was in a good theater and there was uh, some good responses. The, the, here's the thing about it. And I agree with Dana to a to a couple of different points, but I also uh, look at it from a different perspective. I, I don't think that it's necessarily that a lot of the general public doesn't know these characters and why, you know, a lot of people are getting frustrated with it. I think a lot of people are getting frustrated because they do know these characters and they see Warner Brothers flubbing all around like a lot. This is already now I want to say Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, uh, uh, Wonder Woman, say maybe about the fourth or the fifth movie give or take that we're in now at this point like at least you know post wonder woman now i'm supposed to because i think wonder woman was an anomaly there there was a lot of other factors that helped make wonder woman successful for what it was but i think that a lot of people are just really tired of of the approach that warner brothers has taken with the dc universe in general and for me justice league you know in light of all the stuff that went behind the scenes with Zack snyder with all the reshoots and everything else they had to deal with this was a huge course correction for warner brothers and dc and the dcu because i don't think the dcu right now after justice league is not the dcu that we've come to know with all these other movies i think now we're getting more to a to a, a dc movie universe that's more in line with how we viewed the characters from the comics, you know, over these last few years that we've always complained about uh, in light of a lot of stuff that they're going with. Now, the one thing that I can't say that is not a spoiler is that a lot of the plans that they were setting up with dark sided stuff, that's not happening anymore. Clearly that's not even a spoiler. Okay. And, and because they've been open about that in the news. Uh, the thing about this also is that this i feel like justice league is the movie that is got to the lowest point or at least one of the lowest points before things are getting better now because at least towards the middle and end of the of uh, of the movie for justice league you could already tell like a lot of the stuff that was probably done by josh whedon is kind of being implemented and it really kind of gives a little glimmer of hope with how the dc universe movies could actually be done now in film moving forward now don't get me wrong i'm still worried 
you know, after seeing the movie, I'm still worried about some of the solo projects that Dana mentioned, like the the cyborg movie, which I thought from reading a, a couple of different spots wasn't happening. I thought that would take it a back seat because we're going to get the flash movie. We're going to get the, the black Adam movie, which is going to have the rock, which is also going to be Shazam or at least in a second movie would start Shazam and also Aquaman and then Wonder Woman 2, which is supposedly the next one in, in line. I think it's Aquaman and then Wonder Woman 2 and then The Flash, from my understanding. But with a lot of the changes I'm seeing with Justice League and that that being kind of like, you know, the setup for what all these other movies are going to be, I think things are going to get better because they're clearly learning and clearly listening to what a lot of the feedback and a lot of the stuff in light of everything that's happened at this point. I mean, we're getting after credit scenes in the DC movies now which should have been happening a long time ago because Marvel had the formula and they had a lot of the approach that seemed to be working and consciously Warner brothers ignored it. And then now I see like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of course correction, a lot of changing that they've been doing uh, ever since now with justice league moving forward. So I, hopefully we see more of that in the next couple movies that we that come out from them, but overall not a perfect movie. I think it's it, it was fun in some spots, clearly because of all the behind the scenes things that were happening at the time, you know, during the time the movie was being made. You could see them clearly, you know, you could see a lot of the different like inconsistent pacing and a lot of the different stuff that is just almost blatantly ignored. I want to say, because there's a lot of scenes in the trailers that we see, like they, they, they make it a point to show it, but we don't see it in the final film. So I'm curious to see like what that extended cut's going to be. I, I've talked about it with a few people here and there on social media, and that seems to be the general consensus. Like with the DC movies, the extended cut always adds a little bit of extra context and extra information that will kind of make things a little bit better, even though they're still not all that great as far as films, but. Right now, the best D, the best DC uh, EU or best DCU movie at this point is still Wonder Woman. I, I still think right now that's the gold standard as far as uh, putting things in a better light for the DC universe. Even though I don't think that movie's perfect, especially with the ending, I feel like a lot of that stuff that was taken from Wonder Woman was implemented into Justice League and should be implemented in the next few films afterwards. Very good points, uh, Max. You haven't seen it yet, correct? No, I have not, and I don't really plan on it based on what I've heard. <laughs> and I heard Gary also said that he's not going to see it. Is that correct, Gary? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to see it. Um, I gave DC, you know, two chances, you know, and I like I hyped up Batman versus Superman. I hyped up Suicide Squad. You know, I, I wanted them to be great, but I just hated the direction. And, you know, I've hated the direction ever since. And I have no interest now in seeing Justice League. And, um, you know, people are saying there's good parts of the movie and everything, but I just don't care enough. Like, because they, they haven't done a good job in building up these characters and establishing them. Um, so, yeah, it's like I have no reason to care about these characters at all. At least, you know, with Marvel, you know, everyone got their solo movies it took years of development to get to the Avengers and that's what DC is missing. You know, they, they're just rushing everything and I'm, you know, I can't support it. And also, you know, um, cause I see there's been like petitions or fans asking for them to release like the, the deleted scenes from justice league and stuff like that. And this is something that always happens. It happens too much with DC movies. Like there's always, some sort of extended footage or deleted scenes or something that's supposed to make the movie better. Well, why, why don't you just get it right the first time? Because Marvel gets it right the first time. We don't need an extended cut of the Avengers of Thor of, you know, 
Captain America, any of the, the, the movies for Marvel, like they get it right the first time. Even some of the weaker Marvel films are better than anything DC has put out and they don't need extended, you know, versions. So get it right the first time. Like I, I don't care about an extended cut. You know, I'm not going to go see the movie again or buy the Blu-ray or whatever just to see the extended version. Like, get it right the first time if you want me to care. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything that you said as well as everybody here on the panel. I, I will say this, though. Uh, If you sat through the trash that was Batman v Superman, you need to see this movie because it is better. It is significantly better than that movie. I will say that much. I'm not going to really get into any spoilers, but two points I want to make about this movie that I feel were the issues that I had with it. Uh, The first one being, as you've already said, Gary, and the others have said as well, uh, I think it would have really been beneficial to have some of these other solo movies before you had the team up. Because what they tried to do is they tried to shoehorn some of the stories of Cyborg, Aquaman, and the Flash in this movie. And I had an issue with that uh, because, you know, I, my, the whole thing is that you're supposed to, you know, get a feel for the characters and, ha- and you know, genuinely care about the characters and know why they are, are important. And I feel as though I didn't really, you know, care about those characters because DC didn't take the time to really give them their time to shine. Now, they had their moments in this movie. I'm not saying that that's not what it is, but... In terms of some of the origin stories, like Cyborg, it would have been great to get his story in that film or in a separate film, which we are going to get at a later time. So I didn't like that. Um, And then with Aquaman, there's a lot of stuff that's left unanswered. Um, But you'll have to wait till next year to see his movie, uh, provided that they don't change up that whole schedule. The other last point that I will add is um, Stephen Wolf. Man, I did not like that villain at all. Um, and I think that the villains in these DC movies and Marvel as well has this issue as well. The villains are kind of weak, uh, not really, you know, and I, I look at the character Stephen Wolf and uh, going up against the Justice League. This is an obvious mismatch in my personal opinion. But um, I just think they need to improve with that. And same with Marvel as well. You know, I know, uh, you know, Age of Ultron, a lot of people did not like that villain at all. Uh, but, uh, hey, it, it is what it is. And the last thing I will say is um, I, you know, I saw this movie and I thought, yeah, it's just okay. But then I, then I decided to watch the second half of the Punisher season. And yeah, all I got to say is we definitely will be doing a podcast to talk about the rest of that, because I thought that show was fantastic. Um, Obviously we're going to talk about some spoilers when we get into that discussion, but we will plan to do that show sometime this week. But um. As for Justice League, for those that didn't enjoy the movie, uh, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, it's it, it's not a perfect film, as you guys said, but it still is watchable, still is bearable. Uh, so I give DC credit, but they they still have a lot of work to do to really get win over everybody, um, if they want to do that in the end. And and for what it was, the the parts that we did see uh, that Josh Whedon did, t- you know, redo, it really makes me look forward to the Batgirl movie that he has coming out. Absolutely. So, I, yeah, that's like one positive thing I can say. Provided that that movie doesn't get canceled, is it still in development? Is it still uh, a green greenlit? It's still greenlit. It's still in development, from my understanding. They didn't announce that it was canceled, not yet. 
hopefully. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, but yes, any final thoughts before before we move on to our main topic for today? All right. So um, <laughs> now this is going to be a very interesting discussion here. Obviously, uh, this another big story from this week. Uh, we actually found out about the some of the nominees. Well, we found out all the nominees for the video game award show, which is hosted by Jeff Kelly and is coming up uh, the first weekend in December. So we're a little bit uh, around roughly two weeks away from that going down. Um, but initially, uh, the big question, well, there were a lot of questions about the games that were nominated, but the one section in particular, and we can talk about some of the other sections if you guys want to, but the one section in particular that I think absolutely was a huge conversation among everybody when they heard was the game of the year nominees. And, you know, here we go. We have five games that were handpicked by, I guess, as they said on the actual stream, 51 sites uh, that made these decisions. So the five games that are now up for the game of the year award are Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, Super Mario Odyssey, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and the most controversial choice of them all, Player Unknown's Battleground. So, uh, obviously, I want to have a discussion on this and whether or not you think this is a game that belongs on this list, and also as to why you guys think it is on the list. Uh, so... Dana, how about you give me your thoughts on do you think that this PUBG game should be included on this list among all these other titles? I believe you're muted. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No problem. No problem. Um, um the PUBG, everything else I kind of was, was all right with, but the, the PUBG thing, um, I don't, uh, I really wasn't feeling it. Not that much. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It just wasn't something for me that stood out that was worthy of the nomination. And then on top of that, you know, um, Brendan, Brandon Green said that it shouldn't even win. So... I'm going to have to go with him. There are games out there that was a little bit, that was better in my opinion than PUBG. And, you know, it was an early access thing and I just didn't, I don't know. I don't like it. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Max, what are your thoughts on this uh, nomination? Cause I, I believe that you are a huge PUBG fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, totally. No. Um, so, it's definitely a game that I don't think deserves to win in terms of just because like Dana just said, there are just better games on there, but in terms of it being nominated, I do think that I fully formed opinion on either side of this just yet. I'm very, I'm still very in the middle of it because on one hand, I think it deserved to be nominated because it's, it's still a game that everyone's been playing. You know what I mean? At this point, no game is truly quote unquote finished when it comes out nowadays, except for single player games, which to be fair are the other four games on the list. Um, but it's a game that 
people are still sinking hundreds of hours into. It's a phenomenon in and of itself, not unlike the Minecraft phenomenon that we've seen in the past couple of years. You know, it's the only other quote unquote in early access title to receive this much exposure, this much praise, this, this many sales, this, that, that, and that. So if you, if you judge games in that way, in terms of how audiences are just flocking to them, and in a way, this is an innovation in the Battle Royale scene, and still like kind of a new genre. This isn't really a game that has, there isn't a game that has done anything quite like this to this degree. Um, then yeah, I think that qualifies it as a game of the year. You know what I mean? Especially because it's not that it's, I mean, it's not quote unquote finished, but the only thing really holding it back from being quote unquote finished is them calling it 1.0 because they're supposedly finishing it this year too. They're like getting it out of early access, like late this year, I think in December or something that was as of Charles, Charles was telling me that. So um, it still has a bunch of features. It's probably still kind of bug ridden, I'm sure. But other than that, there's not a whole lot holding it back. I don't think so. In that regard, yeah, I think it should be nominated. But then in the other regard, if we're sticking traditional, if we're sticking with the the year has always been, the other four are obvious, your obvious picks. And then PUBG really shouldn't fit in because it is an early access game. Does this open up conversation for any early access game being able to be game of the year nowadays? Is that just a thing? Is that something we should qualify or is that something we should use to qualify it as a full game or not? Especially because we're accepting early access as a thing now. Early access is just, it's everywhere nowadays, you know? Like I said earlier, no game is ever finished. Even Overwatch. Kind of, I mean, this is a weird comparison, I guess, but the only difference between Overwatch's model and PUBG's model is that Overwatch is that Blizzard is calling Overwatch done. Like, they called it 1.0, but they're still coming out with a whole bunch of content for it, which is fine, you know? PUBG... They're still coming out with a whole bunch of content for it, and they're going to continue after it hits 1.0. It's not like it's just going to stop. You know what I mean? But, um, shit, had another point. Um, PUBG. Oh, yes. Uh, like I said earlier, Minecraft is the only other game of this magnitude in early access to hit this level in the first place. So people say, oh, yeah, if we put PUBG in the running, this will open up early access games all the time. They'll always be thrown in there. Not necessarily. This is a once in a generation type thing. This isn't an, not every early access game is going to blow up like this. Even games like DayZ that got big popularity, they still never hit anything like minecraft or PUBG levels like again this is unheard of stuff this is selling more than majority of unfinished or a majority of finished games out there a majority of the things we consider to be game of the year and that sort of stuff so i don't know it's really it puts me in a tough position i think that if i had to pick a side though i think that yes it deserves to be nominated but just in purely out of all the contenders there i don't think it should win like i think the other games are just better like per se, but I don't think that it being early access should necessarily hold it back from being a game of the year contender because in a way, early access is a feature, you know, that's also just the way the game is like people like that sort of stuff, you know, that's also part of what makes PUBG PUBG. So I don't know. It's interesting. It's a very interesting discussion. Absolutely. Uh, I do have something to say, but I'm going to go to Mr. Lugo first. So let us know what your thoughts are on this uh, PUBG nomination. So there's a couple different aspects to this, and I've read and heard a bunch of different arguments for and against it with PUBG. It is true that the game is a phenomenon, and it is getting a lot of notoriety and a lot of uh, popularity amongst a lot of different gamers, especially on PC. Uh, I think that's great, and that's fine. 
but where where I stand on it, even though I understand both sides of the of the argument stuff, where I stand on it is that the game is an early access game, and I don't see early access as a feature like like what Max mentions. I, I see early access as a means is like okay, this is a work in progress that isn't a full release, so there is room for stuff to be like bugs and and other things that could change for when the game finally does become a full release. What I find with PUBG and what I find even with a lot of other early access games, there seems to be a lot of excuses. And a lot of a lot of cut corners for games that are put in that kind of category. What makes this so kind of weird is because to me, on the outside looking into everything, this seems more like a numbers thing of why PUBG is even considered in the category for game of the year. Now, don't get me wrong; it, the best arguments I've seen in in favor of PUBG have come from people like Dan Stapleton at IGN, where he really supports it. And he says like, if, as long as the game's fun, as you got people playing it, and it's something that's really kind of you know being something really special like that then it obviously could be considered a game of the year because that's a game that's released this year and it's something that everybody's really excited about however okay i think it's kind of disrespectful to a lot of the other games and almost kind of unfair to a lot of the other games that are finished that are have been put in the time and the resources to be full-fledged products that are released for a retail price or whatever price they come out as and then you know be expected or be judged in a way where they have to be uh reach a certain level of quality or a certain standard and then something like this just some just on the simple fact that there's a lot of people playing it that automatically a lot of that gets ignored and a lot of that gets excused that's at least what it seems like to me because when you really slice it down okay because you mentioned PUBG's the uh max mentioned before like there isn't a lot of other games if any other games that are doing something similar to PUBG. keep in mind that fortnite is still around and fortnite borrowed some elements from PUBG and kind of offers a lot of other different aspects to it a lot of other different values to it that is within that same package and, and from my understanding fortnite's a finished game like that even though again they barred elements there was that whole controversy we had a couple months ago between fortnite and PUBG. my point is though when fortnite's it comes to early game, access fortnite's in early fortnite access in, yeah okay, it's in early access beta until next year <laughs> okay so i didn't know that okay but but even so here's the point where i was going with it like this okay because besides all that there there was other games that i feel like were mentioned in other categories that are better suited for game of the year nominees and specifically for me it was near automata near automata should have been nominated for game of the year and i feel like because of pubg's notoriety because it's a popular game amongst a lot of people right now a game that was really good like near automata kind of gets snubbed and i think that that kind of sucks because uh, i mean even again near automata came out earlier in the year uh was it like towards february march around that time frame and i get it that pubg has been around for a while and it's again it's been getting a lot of numbers and stuff like that but look at the difference in in the standard that people have been looking at some of these games and i feel like there's a again a lot of excuses being thrown around so for me personally i don't think pubg should win i mean granted it's already done that it's a nominee and it's fine it's whatever now at this point everybody could be upset about it but i think people are going to be more upset if that game ends up winning game of the year because then it shits on all these other games that have been phenomenal this year again super mario odyssey the legend of zelda uh, breath of the wild horizon zero dawn persona 5 which i still think is the best game this year has come out like again the, all these other games that have reached a, a, a supreme high level of quality in in the presentation and the experience that they offer to all players across all platforms and i feel like PUBG doesn't do that i feel like PUBG is just a popular thing right now that just doesn't hit that same level of quality and hits that same level of pedigree as a lot of the other, these other games for me anyway that that it should be considered game of the year but but again that's just my opinion and stuff again there's good arguments on both sides but but that's where I stand on it. You know, that's actually interesting that you brought up a near because I think that totally backs up your numbers argument as well. Because the other 
four games. I guess maybe not so much Persona, uh, but the other three, Mario, Zelda, and um, Horizon, they kind of broke into the mainstream. You know, Mario's always been mainstream as well, but Zelda kind of broke into the mainstream with the Switch. So, like, people who weren't necessarily huge into the gaming scene still got Zelda. And then Horizon, I think, sort of branched into that as well. But Nier, I still feel like, is kind of a niche game. It's still a game that only, like, gamers play and know about. You know what I mean? Whereas PUBG definitely broke into the casual market. It broke into the mainstream and everything. So that could totally be another reason for the numbers and why that got nominated instead of Nier, which is BS, by the way. Like, if it's the numbers game at the end of the day. Because I do feel like the Game Awards, to a degree, are, like... They're not necessarily for casuals i don't want to say but i feel like they're also the most mainstream of like game award shows you know like they were on spike tv i think it is now but like that's kind of the vibe i still get from that kind of show you know what i mean so that does make sense that does definitely back up the numbers argument a lot also keep in mind i want to add this into there there's certain games that are on that list for game of the year and also other games the 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 people that choose these games from the nominees are the judges that they choose you know, here and there for which games get nominated and stuff. They rated mm-hmm. games like Nier Automata higher than some of those other games that are listed on there. Or or again, some of the, again, the different ratings on all the different websites, some of them really praise Nier Automata about the time of its release and stuff. And from my yeah. understanding, I don't think we've even had a lot of reviews, if not as high reviews for PUBG as some of those other games on there. Again, Definitely. maybe because of due to early access stuff or any of the other things. Again, because every website's different. I, I think there's a couple websites that have reviewed PUBG. I'm not so sure, but I know the majority haven't done like a formal review like that because of that reason alone but but even then it it still makes me feel the same exact way if not even more so that i feel like a game like that or even some other games that have been released this year should have had that spot yep and then i guess that calls into the argument what do we consider for game of the year then like what are the qualifications of it at that point you know this questions that as well is it just because it's a game it could just be thrown into game of the year then is that what we're saying now or the game awards are saying i should say an interesting question that's a very good question uh so i, I just want to make a, a two quick points and then i'm gonna give it to gary if he has anything to add um i'll say this uh i agree with a lot of what what everybody has said on this panel um i personally think that PUBG shouldn't even be in this particular discussion and the reason why is because they already have another another category on this list for best ongoing game and PUBG That's is true. also nominated for that. That's so, true. That's a big point. That that right there, I think, is... It, I can see it being nominated for that because, I mean, it's still in development. They have a couple other games in there that are also, you could say, uh, well, Overwatch is on there also, but it still has a lot of support. But, yeah, uh, that is one reason why I don't think it needs to belong on there. Then, of course, as you guys alluded to, a lot of the other games on this list are of a higher quality. Um, I believe you said, Mr. Lugo, Persona 5, and you wasn't the only one that said this, but Persona 5 is probably the most polished game to come out, out of that whole year. group. Out of, for the record, out of that, all those nominees that they mentioned for Game of the Year, that is the most polished and the most uh, yeah, best presented as far as like, you know, aesthetic wise game, not just in music and, and visuals and stuff, but everything together out of that whole group. Now, I'll be, I'm going to be honest with you. And like I said before, and I'll let you continue. If PUBG wins Game of the Year, a lot of people are going to be very upset. And then it, I think that it's going to call a lot 
of uh, of credibility to the game awards not not in a bad way because i love watching the game awards or game awards for, for the reveals and even for the winners and stuff but i feel like then like you like max mentioned like you mentioned it calls a lot of things into question because how do you match that game up to super mario odyssey how do you match it up to the legend of zelda how do you match it up to persona 5 like that Especially, again, like I said, I feel like there's more excuses for games like that that get super, super popular amongst the mainstream more so than any of these other games. Because imagine if any of those games like Mario, like Persona, like Horizon, like Legend of Zelda, if any of those games had a fraction of some of the other stuff that's wrong with PUBG, whether it's glitches, bugs, or or clipping or anything of the sort, do you really think they'd be even considered for Game of the Year, let alone any of the other categories they're nominated for? You got to ask yourself then, you got to think about that because I don't think they would be. It's a, it's a double standard. Again, it's, it's a bunch of excuses just on the simple fact that this game is the hotness right now. Absolutely. Well, I agree 100% with that. Um, yeah, I also agree Nier. Nier definitely got, got snubbed in this particular award. I mean, it's, in, uh, it's nominated for other stuff, but yeah, I don't understand why that got snubbed either. Uh, but uh, playing Unknown Battlegrounds, you know, for those that we know who enjoy the game, you know, I know they're happy it got nominated. I know some people who have Xbox One X, they were very happy and they used that as a reason to say, well, Xbox has a game that's nominated. Well, no, because the Xbox game, the Xbox version doesn't come out until after the award show. Uh, but uh, I thought that was funny. But um, I mean, it's I mean, I guess obviously it's a game for some people. Like I said, like you guys said, it's a popular phenomenon now. I don't really see the appeal of the game. I know Tony Polanco also doesn't see the appeal of the game. so. Maybe one day I'll try it out. But, uh, you know, I look on Steam and I see it has a rating of six out of 10. And I think to myself, well, I really don't know why this game is, is in this particular discussion, but <laughs> I, I just don't get it. You know, you know what it is also that you could relate this to because of games that get popular online, especially in the PC community or the casual community amongst people on YouTube and other platforms, other social media. Minecraft yeah. is like that. Counter-Strike sources like that. Those are all games that get super, super, super popular, but they're not like super polished games. They're not, you know, like fully realized, fully polished games like that. But they're super popular and everybody talks about them or there's like millions of views on videos for them online on YouTube and stuff. Absolutely. Have you guys seen Indie Game the movie? Yes. Yeah. Um, Remember, I believe it's Tommy who talks about how uh, one of the guys from Super Friends, he talks about... Tommy, no, Tommy uh, is the the guy with the glasses from Super Meat. Oh, okay. Um, he talks, I believe it's him that talks about the fact that indie games have like flaws. They're not polished experiences. Like AAA games are designed to be polished. They're designed to be perfect, this and that. Whereas indie games aren't. They're like, says they like represent people you know they like represent themselves because they're pouring themselves into it because they're made by a few people rather than hundreds of people designed to be like a perfect polished i got a good counter argument to that i got a real good counter argument i mean i'm still i'm not necessarily um trying to argue anything i'm saying what i wanted to say is do we look at should we look at game of the year as something that is super polished triple a polished or should we look at games is just like games like because indie games you know they do have those flaws and everything like that because i don't necessarily i like them both like i like triple a games because they're polished too though that's the thing there's like an audience for both and i like both but i also like indie games because they have random shit like that like minecraft there are some glitches in there that made it 10 times more fun you know what i mean which is it's just an interesting argument and i feel like that can factor into 
uh, sort of game of the year arguments. But yeah, what's your counter argument? There, there's two games that come into mind, and I'm pretty sure there's more out there that are indie games that not, weren't necessarily AAA releases that weren't even made by a large group of people, one of which was only made by one person, and that's Dustin Elysian Tale. Because indie games or AAA games could have a high level of polish. And I don't think that having certain flaws or certain things that almost like an incompleteness to it really constitutes a characteristic of an indie game. Really, an indie game uh, to me is done uh, outside of like, you know, a corporate environment and also done out of, as a, like a passion project, but could still have maintained that high level of quality. The other one that comes to mind, too, is Guacamelee. Because we're getting Guacamelee too. Guacamelee is a game that also, that to is me, amazing. is amazing. It's a high level of quality, and that's not done by a big studio. It's done by Drinkbox. You know, there there are games that are like that. So even then, I feel like you know it, it only makes me look down a little bit more at PUBG in, in this regard, in, in the context of everything else. That's Very interesting. Good yeah, that's a good point, and it's like. Yeah, because I feel like at this point, we should be, like, people still say, oh, it's an indie game, don't judge it as hard. I feel like at this point, we should be judging indie games, like, to the same degree as AAA, almost. Like, they're kind of on the same level, almost, at this point. Like, not necessarily in terms of scale, but just in terms of, like, how fun is it to play? Like, what you were saying earlier, JJ, with Dan Stapleton. Just, like, how fun it is to play. Do people get drawn into it? Is it a cool, unique experience? You know, I feel like at the end of the day, that's what we should judge a game on um and i feel like at this point yeah indie and triple a indie has reached the level where it can be compared because there are a lot of indie games out there that are better than a lot of triple a games out there i can tell you that right now and i think a lot of people would agree with me on that yeah absolutely great points all around uh so gary i know you can't really talk much did you have anything to say on this particular topic oh ju- just by uh listening to this i have lots to say i'm, I'm probably oh. <laughs> probably gonna forget half of it but um yeah um i like like many people i I don't yeah unlike many people i should say i don't have a problem with PUBG being on the list um because like it's like max said for a lot of the reasons max said really you know um i look at game awards as an award show that's trying to appeal to a mass audience you know they want casuals to watch they want hardcore gamers to watch and there's no denying that PUBG was one of the most talked about games this year um and i think it deserves to be recognized now me personally if you're asking me personally you know i would have had near automata there instead of PUBG. but if we're looking at it you know in terms of like the full scope of things and what the game awards is and what they're trying to do i can understand PUBG being there and I don't have, you know, a major problem with it being there either. Um, and when we're talking, you know, in terms of it being indie and, um, you know, not being as polished as the other games, I have to kind of respect the hustle of, you know, uh, the, the creator of PUBG because, you know, he took a small team and he built this game and this game shot up to, you know, levels far above, you know, um, fully published games like with 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 corporate publishers backing them like he was able to outsell all of these major games so that deserves to be recognized because it's a big accomplishment in itself and you know at the you know the, the, the fundamentally we have to understand that this game is providing hours of fun to people and you know in on the subject of polish 
yeah, it's definitely not as polished as, you know, Persona 5 or or Mario or Zelda or Horizon, you know, but it's functional. It's functional enough. You know, there, there's a difference between not polished and functional. The game is functional enough for people to have, you know, hours of fun and come back to it repeatedly and enjoy it. And to me, you know, there's a very blurred line between this whole, you know, um, green greenlit and you know fully complete argument you know like it's it's pretty much a full game at this point like you can it's you know you can pump hours into it it's not limited by being you know uh you know a greenlit game or anything so i look at it as a fully you know a a full game pretty much because you're able to have a full experience with it You're, you're you're able to pump hours into the game so yeah, I, I have no problems with PUBG being there. Now, you know, I wouldn't have picked it, but I I see, I understand why it's on the list. And I don't think it's going to win anyway, but I just, you know, I think it deserves to be recognized at the Game Awards. Um, but I, clearly, I think Nintendo is walking away with that award, you know, one way or another. Uh, me personally, I would vote Persona 5, but that's just me. But yeah. I, I haven't got a problem with uh, PUBG being on there at all. And I had a lot of points to make, but, you know, I can't remember everything now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, I thought that was a good point uh, in and of itself. So, uh, very, very good discussion. Um, I don't know if uh, you guys said anything else you wanted to say on this or if you wanted to say anything else about uh, any of the other categories. I just wanted to say really quickly that I also I 100% agree. I don't think PUBG is going to win it in the in the first place. <laughs> like regardless of how um if people think it belongs there or not, like I think all four of those other games would win over PUBG anyways, just in terms of votes and just yeah. <laughs> I agree with Gary on that. If it does, watch. Remember I told you if it wins, then that's going to be a very big deal because everybody's going to be talking about the game awards and everybody's going to be very pissed off. I'd say that right yep. now because one of two games is going to take it. If it's not PUBG, it's going to be Super Mario Odyssey, to be honest with you. Because And the only reason why I say that and not Legend of Zelda or Persona 5, even though I want Persona 5 to win, is because Super Mario Odyssey is the new hotness right now. And that's the, the game that everybody is going gaga over on Switch. You know, granted, there's two Nintendo Switch titles in that game of the year category, as well as in a bunch of other categories like that. Mario is really the bigger deal. Yeah, 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 you're yeah, right about true. that. That's true. I figure I figure Zelda, but yeah, you're right. Mario is is the big big deal right now. So, and, and for the record, and for the record, shout outs to Andrea Renee for getting nominated for Trending Gamer of the Year. I hope she wins. The, the, that we need that. I feel like a lot of people should vote for her. Like that. But that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. No, Wait, I who, agree. Who else? Who else was nominated for that again? Uh, I think it was someone from Able Gamers. I forgot his name at the current moment. And then there was two other people. One was an esports player, I believe, and then I forgot the other one. Okay. Uh, one last thing I am going to say, since you said the shout outs, uh, we'll probably do a show talking about some of these other nominations later once we have figured out who, uh, you know, once we figure out the winners. But I, I will say this, no offense to all the other people that are on this list, but best art direction, that better go to Cuphead. I, I can't, I mean, I, I, and no, I, agree. Like, I agree. All the other games on this list are fantastic, but Cuphead, shit. All the stuff they did for that game is it just looks fantastic. So I'll be very surprised if that doesn't win that award. Um, but yeah, yeah that's and, um, 
best ongoing game better go to Overwatch along with <laughs> no, no, I agree with Gary on that one. I agree with Gary. Overwatch has been delivering consistently for a while now. That that's definitely a game that should be recognized for that. Because look at every time they release something new, everybody gets excited about it and it's good for, for the people that play that game. I yeah, and uh, the numbers are only going up too. Like people aren't stopping playing Overwatch. So yeah, I'll 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 say this. I, I agree with that. However, if there's one that will give them a run for its money, it's Grand Theft Auto Online, hands down. Because That's a good all, point. That's a very good point. Yeah, because they, 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 they always have stuff coming out for this, apparently. You know, I, I receive emails from them almost every other week about uh, something new coming. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let me I'm trying to see what 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 other ones if you guys want to mention very briefly. Um, Best fighting game better go to Injustice, too. Oh yeah, or it's like, or it's like it's seven. It, it's yeah, one of those two. I think it's Injustice too because it's got the more content with Injustice too. To be honest, and with all the reveals with DLC, they're doing something really special. You're not finding with a lot of other fighting games, with the exception I, of Tekken Seven. I, I agree with that 100. percent And let me ask this question: Who the hell decided to put arms in that category? No, I think that's valid. I think that's a valid thing <laughs> to have in there because arms is a different type of fighting game. And granted, they're doing something different. I don't think it should win. Because I think like there's other better games that come out that's come out this year, but but I gotta give them props for at least you know recognizing that because that's a very unique type of fighting game. Yeah, yeah Arms is fun, dude. Arms. Oh, is oh, oh that's oh yeah. whoa. I have my, a bad experience at PAX. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, no, the, the controller when I went to the demo for the Switch before Arms, right when Arms was coming out, uh, the left yeah. controller kind of died on me during the demo, and I couldn't play Arms. Oh, right, it was like really terrible. That sucks. <laughs> No, I've um I've played it on uh, one of my friends' switches. We played it for like a half hour. It was fun. I my issue with it is that I feel like that's it. Like I played it for the half hour. That's all I'll ever need to play. Like I got the full experience out of it. That was kind of my one issue with it. But I enjoyed it. It's just not something that I would ever feel the need to buy. Yeah, I understand that. So let let, let me ask uh, two very quick uh, opinions of two other topics. I mean, two other. Uh, categories on here real quick and then we can wrap up the show uh the best role-playing game okay i have to ask this question because uh, obviously i see final fantasy 15 is on this list and i guess that 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 was because it didn't get nominated last year because of when it came out but uh i see divinity original sin 2 final fantasy 15 near automata persona 5 and south park which one of those games do you guys think is going to actually win that award That, uh, I, I, it better be Persona. It better be I Persona. Like it's it's gonna be Divinity and Persona. Yeah. I think gonna be. I'm going to say I think Persona 5 deserves to win that because they, they're not going to win Game of the Year, unfortunately. So, <laughs> yeah. Per- so, so what? So, so, but I wouldn't so, be so, mad at Nier. So, Gary, what, why not Final Fantasy 15? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all know I love Final Fantasy dearly. You know, it's that that's like my favorite series, but Persona 5 was incredible. And, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't go against it for Final Fantasy because it was just that incredible. So, Persona 5 is definitely the bad game. Interesting. Okay. And, and, uh, Dana, you're back with us as well. Um, I'm like, now this, this I thought was interesting. I'm curious what you guys' answer will be on this. The most anticipated game. Okay. They have God of War, Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, Red Dead Redemption 2, and The Last of Us Part 2. Spider-Man. Red Dead Redemption. 
Mm, okay, see? How about you, Max and Gary? Probably Red Dead would win, though that's not my most anticipated on that list. Remind me of the games again. Yeah, God of War, Spider-Man, uh, Monster Hunter World, Red Dead Redemption 2, and The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, that, that's, that's a really... No, that's a hard one. Um... Well, uh, first and foremost, let me say this. Uh, let's a- a- really answer the question, which game is most likely to actually come out the next year? Uh, Last of Us Part 2 <laughs> is not coming out. <laughs> Last of Us Part 2 is not coming out next year. I, I-, I highly doubt... Out of that list, I think it's either going to be Red Dead or God of War that comes out first, to be honest with you. Uh, I think... Well, World's going to come out. Yeah, World is out in January. Oh, oh okay. So, yeah. Monster World. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. In terms of... Uh... In terms of most hyped, definitely Red Dead, I think. But I don't know. Like you, you can make a good argument for Spider Man and Last of Us. I can, but I feel like this list is just most hyped. To be completely honest, I feel like that's what it's gonna burn down to yeah. in terms of voting. The yeah, most anticipated game. You're right. You're right. So, so, so you, so you say Last of Us can win, even though the game is not coming out next year. Yeah, they. Yeah. I, I, I don't think they'll win. <laughs> uh, well, hey, listen, I, I'm going to surprise you. Um, I think Red Dead Redemption 2, obviously, is a big game for Rockstar. Um, I would not be surprised if Spider-Man wins that, though. Uh, I, I know a lot of people are looking forward to that game. Uh, I know they said early 2018, and they haven't said nothing else. So, you know, uh, we'll see. But... uh God of War up there too, but I mean, I just, in terms of the game people are looking forward to, I mean, God of War is not a kid that, not a game the kids are going to be able to play. We, we know that already. Spider-Man, that appeals to everybody. Uh, so that is, that has something going for it. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, any other thoughts or any of these other categories that you guys want to discuss or are you pretty much uh, ready to wrap up? All right, so <laughs> I'll take that as the, that is our cue to wrap up today's show. Um, Sorry, my mic wasn't working. I meant to say oh, ready, okay. but it wasn't unmuting. <laughs> oh, okay. No, you're all right. You're good. You're good. All right, so um, thank you all for checking out today's show. Um, definitely want to give our shout out. So, uh, Mr. Lugo, do you have any final shout outs that you would like to give? Yeah, I have a couple of uh, shout outs I want to give. Uh, shout out, obviously, everybody in the chat, everybody that's watching the stream now or it's going to be checking out the video on YouTube later. We appreciate your guys' support. Shout out to the patrons, obviously, for your guys' patronage. We appreciate your guys' support as well, allowing us to keep doing what we love to do and keep bringing you all great content. Shout out also to the Anime AY staff that this past weekend, they invited me to be a guest over there at Deerfield Beach. It was fun. Granted, there wasn't a whole lot of people that showed up here and there. It's still a fairly small convention, but it was still a fun convention nonetheless. It was great hosting panels there and seeing a lot of old friends and some new friends too, which is really, really cool. Hopefully you guys can bring me back again next year. Again, we have the gallery up on the website now that you guys could check out all the cosplay and some of the other cool stuff that we saw there. Uh, shout out obviously to Raw Cat and shout out to some of the other companies that have been sending us a lot of tech to do the unboxings for it. You know, all the unboxing videos that we've been posting up on YouTube and on the website. Again, hopefully you guys that are watching this now or watching this later have been enjoying all of those. And shout out to all the guests that I've been reaching out to and have been having on TK Spotlight. You guys seem to be really liking that series, you know, that you're watching it. I have some very, 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 very big surprises 
coming very soon that I cannot wait to share with you. We're just waiting on a few things to happen as far as, you know, fall into place. But that show is going to be even bigger. There's going to be a lot more crazier stuff and a lot more cool surprise guests that you're not going to expect that are going to be showing up very, very soon. But be on the lookout for that. You guys will see once it's live on the website. But other than that, thank you very much for checking out all our content. Yes, I agree as well. Stay tuned for that. Some very exciting announcements coming very soon. Um, uh, Dana, you have any shout outs that you would like to give? Shout out to everybody who's listening to the show, all of our supporters and the people who uh, look on the coalition every day. We have different articles, different stuff coming out. Thank you for that support. Absolutely. Uh, Max, any final shout outs that you would like to give? Wow. Sorry, Mike, there's like lagging. Um, yeah, as always, thanks everyone in the chat for participating. You know, it's always good to see everyone in the chat. We had a lively chat today, like usual, you know, we saw Reggie, Carlos was in there for a little bit. Miguel's in there, you know, the illustrated DEO. We got a bunch of people in there as always, which is cool. Always making good conversation and yeah, that's about it. I agree. Um, I also like to give a shout out to everybody in the chat. Uh, Reggie Miguel, Illustrated DEO, uh, Black Star, uh, Miguel, yeah, pretty much all you guys. Thank you for the continued support. Uh, I, I, I want to say this. And like I said, we are going to do a spoiler discussion for The Punisher later this week. But I, I want to say this right now. Uh, anyone that did go out there and they saw Justice League, you thought Justice League was good. And, you know, maybe like Tony Polacco, I saw him say, that is now his best DC movie. All right. All of you people need to watch Punisher because once you see that show, all right, um, you're not supposed to really compare the two, but Punisher, man, that's an excellent show. Watch it. That's all I got to say. Gary, the floor is yours. Yeah. So um, definitely shouts to all of our Patreon supporters, M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Ledwin Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, Miguel, and Mark. And um, shouts to everyone who joined us in the chat today. You know, I see Illustrated in there, Reggie, uh, Blackstar, Carlos from the Throwdown. Uh, shouts to all of you guys. And, uh, you know, thanks for chopping up with us another week. Uh, we had great topics to discuss today. And, you know, I definitely want to shout some of the things that the team is doing. You know, Dana has, you know, all of her interviews on the site right now. She interviewed some of the cast from The Punisher. So definitely go and check out that stuff. Um, definitely check out, you know, TK Spotlight, you know, from JJ and, you know, all of his unboxings of the Rocat stuff, you know, um, definitely shouts to him for all that. No, Max is a, is a true hustler. Like, you know, he's always making moves behind the scenes. So big shouts to him. Like next year, you might see him hosting the Game Awards or something like that. Cause you know, he's just always making moves behind the scenes, you know, and he, he stays quiet with it. He's quiet and humble. So you never know, you know, what's going to happen with him. But, um, and of course, big shouts. We'll see about Rich. that one, son. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it though. <laughs> yep. And big shouts to Rich, you know, for, holding down the site all the time you know um i know we, we both put in a lot of work and stuff but you know rich is definitely like the the you know he's the spirit of the site like you know he's the backbone he keeps things together keeps things organized so big shouts to rich 
and big shouts to all of the throwdown crew i definitely want to get more throwdown people on the co-op soon and vice versa so big shouts to everyone and that's pretty much it from me i agree i agree with everything you said last thing i want to say also i want to wish everybody a happy thanksgiving um because you know we will not be having a show i don't think uh well, we're not having a co-op. We're still going to have a Punisher show, but uh, co-op won't be back until next Sunday. So I hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving as well as a Black Friday. And we'll, I will say this, if you are going shopping on Black Friday, please do not hurt anybody trying to get the latest TV or video game or, or, or anything. You know, take it easy. You know, maybe order on online so it's waiting at the store for you so you don't have to go in there and get into any fights. All right. Be careful with that. But uh, until then. Enjoy Thanksgiving, Black Friday, and we'll talk to you all next week.